Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are off Julie's heart-pounding, incredibly exciting topic of credit that was meant as a joke. And we're going to talk about something. Um, Hey, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. I did unmute you. Oh, you know what? I can't hear you. Let me try again. So the topic today is your 2020 business plan, top 10 uh, critical business planning secrets. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be directing all of you. So write this down. You're going to need to go to um, – you need our business plan. You need the fill-in-the-blank real estate treasure map. So here's what your homework's going to be from today's podcast. I want you to text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do so, we're going to uh, basically text you back a download link for the real estate treasure map as well as – five other books, your 12-month lead generation secrets and things like that. But the real estate treasure map is the absolute go-to, most important thing that you need to be downloading first. The real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. That's going to be the roadmap. Julie, are you live? I think so. You tell me. You are. That's going to, that's going to, you are. That's going to be the roadmap that all of you are going to hope you would have had if you don't complete it for 2020 and for, frankly, 2021 and 2022. So as all of you know, if you're longtime listeners to this show, we are entering into a new cycle of the real estate markets. There is a really interesting article that I just read. Actually, it came out from National Association of Realtors Economists, and um, we're going to do an article about this on our own website, Tim and Julie Harris. I sent it over to our staff reporter to work on, Janet. And what she, it, what's fascinating was there – and I haven't told you about this yet, Julie. I don't know if you've read it. But what NARS Economist is predicting – now, ready for this? They're predicting – uh, uh, less inventory, basically more of a shortage of inventory. Yay, everyone loves that. Huh. And yeah. and but at the same time, they're expecting prices to fall. So this sort of That's like a, sort of yeah, it like doesn't make sense. Like doesn't scarcity normally equal uh, you yeah. know a rise That's in prices? Strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and also we're doing some other uh, research for some other articles. And the other, I think the another common um, prediction that economists are expecting to have happen. And now they've been expecting this for a long period of time, so take this with a big old grain of salt, is there's going to be a return of inflation. So here's you know, all these different opinions that are really kind of at the throats of each other as far as what to expect for 2020. But it really is kind of a lot of it's theoretical and a lot of it's academic, but it is interesting nonetheless. So make sure you're staying up on our articles um, at timandjulieharris.com. But here's the big takeaway. No matter what happens – in the economy, no matter ha- what happens with the you know politics, what happens with interest rates, which by the way, everyone's predicting also interest rates are going to go down. So again, more interesting information. No matter what happens overall and global this and the other thing and you know anything else that you might be thinking is something you need to worry about. What matters most is you get your business plan done because that's going to give you the stability that you need emotionally to know that you're going to be able to make 2020 your best year ever. Now I'm going to give you a little suggestion here. Um, there is a, uh, a prevailing attitude right now in the real estate industry that you can only make money when prices are increasing or when it's a seller's market. 
As a business owner and an entrepreneur, you have to know that that's not true. The fact is that it's easier to make money when essentially we're in a market like this. I mean, for a real estate practitioner, for an agent, and uh, you know, this is just let, hear me out. It's actually easier to make money in a market like this as long as you are not holding on to things that may have worked in the previous market. So, for example, if you're one of these agents that thinks you're just going to buy leads and you're just going to build your team and your branding and all this other Mickey Mouse that you thought made sense and you think you're just going to carry those sort of really bad business plans as far as team building and false thinking and just all this other crazy stuff into 2020, you're going to be sorely mistaken and you're going to suffer needlessly. It's going to, you know, you're going to spend lots of money on things that really never worked in the first place, but they seem to work in a seller's market because everything was selling itself. So it's easy to fool yourself that your branding and your marketing and everything is working because when you take a listing, it sells itself because the market's hot. And then you think that all these goofy things basically cause the listing to sell, whereas the reality of it was is it would have sold if you did absolutely nothing other than put it in the MLS. There's, I, I think you guys need to come to terms with that because what I'm about to tell you is really true. The greatest opportunities to make money are during the greatest times of change. Yeah, or put it a different way, not as, I think, nicely, but I think it was Baron Von Rothschild said, when there's blood on the streets, buy real estate. The essence of what these sayings are all going back to is the greatest opportunities to make money, like I just said, are during the greatest times of change. And that's what we're entering into. What you've got to be careful of is that you're moving forward with how you're thinking and not getting stuck trying to make things that never worked in the first place work or not like wasting time with things that don't result in profit. You can't be thinking and operating like that in a market like what we're, in, what we're entering into. Otherwise, you're, you know, the bottom line is you just won't survive. You won't make enough profit to keep the lights on. And you won't certainly uh, have an opportunity to save up any money and you know, become rich where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. So it's critically important is that you focus on one thing. As you know, If you're going to have one real uh, thing in the real estate industry, which you become an absolute expert at, is being a listing agent. Being a listing agent is the most important thing, the most important skill set you can ever, ever have. If you are terrible at everything else in real estate except knowing how to go out and take listings proactively and get them sold, everything else you're just horrible at, it's great, perfect. I've had coaching clients who've come to me, and Julie, and they said, my systems are terrible. My this is my other things are terrible. I have, But they know how to take listings. I'm like, great, we're not changing a damn thing. We're going to make it so you know how to take listings at a higher level because everything else we can easily figure out. In other words, hire a transaction coordinator. That's easy. You know, all these other types of things like when you – these are all the other – you know, make your list of the things you're worrying about, Mr. Potential Coaching Client. Let, let us know what you're thinking about. You need to be focusing on other than listings. And they make this big, long list, and then you start asking them questions. Well, why exactly do you think you need a website, for example? That's – you know, I don't hear – see that one as often as I used to or hear it as often as I used to, but there's an example. Why is it that you think you have to put in money and effort at all into a website? The answer won't be a business answer. It'll be, well, because I think I'm supposed to have one, because my sellers insist that I have one, because of da 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 No, it's because somebody sold you on the idea that you need a website. Now, Mr. Agent, and this, this sort of line of thinking works with virtually everything that you guys are thinking about spending your money on in real estate, by the way. If I could prove to you, this is me talking to this potential client, that there's absolutely no benefit whatsoever to, from you having a website. And matter of fact, not only is it a waste of money, but it's probably going to also cause you a lot of consternation in having to pay to maintain it and worrying about it and all the rest of it. But if there was absolute proof that the average agent makes no money from their website, would you still want to do it? 
And here's the funny part. Most of them say, no, of course I wouldn't want to still do it. But some of them still say yes. So that tells you how they're thinking. They're not thinking like business people. It's something else. You know, it's not – they don't have quite – they're they're not in at complete alignment with the purpose of being a business is, which is to be of service to other people and make profit. So here's a little – to answer the punchline and the example I was just giving you. You know, National Association of Realtors uh, – and then, you know, there was a series of articles written about this all over the Internet – did a lot of research on agent websites and came to the conclusion that the average agent gets a total of no business from their website. <laughs> How about that? The average agent makes a total of nothing, no deals whatsoever, ever from their website. And there's lots of reasons why, but the big takeaway to all of you should effectively be that a lot of the things you think you're supposed to be doing, other than knowing how to become the best listing agent you possibly ever can, aren't even worth having on your gray matter. You shouldn't even be thinking about them. They're complete and utter waste of time that were sold to you or told you had to do by other people that didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Or they did, but they were just trying to sell you something. Now, this goes with the branding stuff. This goes with a lot of the other stuff that you guys are doing. So start making business decisions, and this is the, you know, so like, for example, if you're the agent that says, you know what, I'm listening to what the Harris's say, I get the markets changing, I want to basically not get stuck in a rut of worrying about why my, you know, ideas don't work or why the systems I'm trying to put in place don't work, I'm just going to put all my best energies in being a listing agent versus the other agent who spends countless hours worrying about all these other things that literally are not going to make them any money and put them in a, more of an advantage to help people. So you have those two competing thoughts. Obviously, the agents that's focused on becoming a listing agent is going to make a hell of a lot more money quicker, and they're going to become rich quicker. Doesn't that make sense? So don't be confused, guys. Look, I get that you're inundated with all these get-rich-quick gurus who are telling you all this nonsensical bullshit about social networking, about all this other stuff. But you've got to put this through a different set of filters other than your emotions. So when you're hearing somebody talk to you and you're feeling a certain way, oh, I must be an influencer on Instagram. You know, all this silly stuff you guys waste time on. Those types of thoughts, you need to ask yourself, have I actually done any real research to determine whether or not this idea is going to make me money? Okay, have I actually done that? And the answer is going to be no. Oh, well, hold on. The company's selling me this get-rich-quick idea. They have a bunch of testimonials. and what, Okay, that is really your research? Start with what makes sense to you. And here's, here's really an interesting paradigm shift for all of you. You guys spend countless hours, billions of dollars per year, with a B, buying leads, doing all this other nonsensical crap, in search of leads, buying leads, trying to position yourself in the marketplace, So you're, all these thoughts you have. But here's the crazy part. Right now, in your market, today, there are lists of sellers that have to sell their house who have their hands in their air, air practically saying, I need to sell my house. What would you guys, if I were to show up to your town right now, if I were to you know, call you and I were to say, you know, Bob, I've got a list of you know, 20 people right now in your marketplace that I know for sure want to sell their house now, and I know what their house isn't worth I mean, you know, we've the, the houses. So they're, you know, these expired listings, for example, right? How many of you even know how to look for expired listings in your MLSs? Oh, there's no expired listings in my market. This is a typical conversation I have. Oh, really? Let's talk about how big's your market. Well, I look in a five-mile radius around my office. Well, okay, you win. Of course, there's no expires in a five. Okay, why don't we go to the entire MLS and we work our way back, opposed to starting small and like you know, it, it, trying to rationalize going larger. 
oh, I only want to work and stuff. Okay, look, you guys have more rules. Good luck. You're not going to make any money. Okay, you get what I'm saying here? Do you see how these are nonsensical business conversations that a lot of you guys have that you think are normal? You have no benchmark to know what it is that you should be putting your efforts towards. Stop asking what you should spend your money on. Start asking yourself what you should spend your time on. Your time should be spent becoming a masterful listing agent. That's what matters most. So as you enter into the new year, when you're trying to make decisions about your business plan, which is what we're going to talk about today, when you're trying to make decisions where you should be focusing, I'm going to give you the answer, and here it is. Becoming a powerful listing agent, period, full stop. If you suck at everything else, good. It probably wasn't worth doing anyway. Are you listening, listeners? So get the business plan. Get the real estate treasure map. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back. You can download it. You can fill it out. It's going to be more comprehensive than a lot of you are going to be comfortable doing because it's going to ask a lot of questions about you know, money stuff, about just all these types of things. But when you're done with it, and I strongly suggest you do it with your spouse, your partner, whatever you want to call your family, whatever, okay? Whatever politically correct terms there are out there for basically your family nowadays, do it with them so that they have buy-in with you. And they know why you're working. They know what you're pulling towards. Pull towards mutual familial goals, and you'll find yourself accomplishing those goals a lot quicker. This just makes sense, right? So go ahead and text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996, and we're going to text you back the fill-in-the-blank business plan. All right, Julie, you could tell I had some coaching calls this morning, can't you? And perhaps some caffeine, but it's all good. Oh, it all gets me? together nicely. Oh. That's all right. <laughs> no worries. All true words you've spoken, so hopefully they were paying attention. Yes, I always like the expired answer. Uh, there's no expired just because you looked like in your backyard and three houses no. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, how anyway. often have we had this, that exact <laughs> conversation with people? It's like, yeah. what are we doing here? Why are you wasting your time and my time trying to tell me that there are no expired? You're trying to make a point. I'm just trying to help you, you know? Right. It's crazy. I know. But it's, it's not just expired. Advice. It's for sale by owner. We, we teach them in our coach. We teach you guys, listen, I'm talking to you. We teach you guys in our coaching program over 20 ways to basically find essentially free seller leads. A seller lead is the gold. Uh, and you guys are spending thousands of dollars on buyer leads. Buyer leads are the easiest thing ever to create. You are new in real estate, or maybe you've only been in real estate the past three to five years, which is a lot of you, most of you. You don't know what I'm saying is true, but it is. You've come in the, up in this weird era of this buying buyer leads trend, this big ego teams marketing. All these trends are coming to an end because people are saying, you know what? That did not work. Those ideas were terrible. Those things did not make me any money. They did not. Imp- Some of you guys are coming out of the best real estate markets of your lifetime. This might very well be one of the, the ends of one of the best bull markets of our careers. Could be. How many of you guys are coming out of this rich? None, right? Virtually none of you. Why? Because you listened to bad advice and you pursued that bad advice even after you knew it wasn't working, right? You did. You stayed on the team thing even after you knew it didn't work to make profit. It, make, it works to churn houses. It works to, for ego, but it does not work to make profit. Same with marketing, same with social networking, same with all this other stuff. So learn how to do the real work. Stop trying to look for shortcuts. Start, stop thinking that your time is too important to actually pick up the phone. Guys, you've got to start realizing that the, this industry is the greatest blessing. You made the right move getting a real estate license. We're all incredibly lucky. But how many of you are making the most of it? 
the litmus test of how effective you are as a professional, as a business owner, is one word, profit. Are you making profit? Do you even know? You probably don't, do you? Do the real estate treasure map. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. All right, Julie, let's get through at least a few of these points. This, this is a great outline yeah. that you prepared for us. Well, let's see how it goes. What happened in 2019 is what we're leading with, okay? So I want everybody to be introspective. What happened in your business in 2019? Well, we're going to have – we're going to help you walk through that and discover the answers. Time to recap, be introspective, get ready for next year. So here's your questions. Let's start with number one, and this will probably continue to another podcast, which is fine. We want you to think about this stuff. Number one, where did your business actually come from this year? Don't guess. Go through every transaction and account for its source. Referrals, past client repeat business, expireds, open houses. If it came from an online source, which one was it? Sometimes they come from multiple sources. So they're in your center of influence, but you know what? They didn't list with you in the first place. They were also an expired. It, it could be a referral, but the referral was from your sphere. So make sure you're very detailed in your tracking. These are your spokes in other words, the avenues of business that you have that are currently working because they've proved themselves. How much of your business was from luck versus doing it intentionally? That's a big question to start with. But how many agents don't have any idea? <coughs> Excuse me. Or they'll just answer, well, all my business came from referrals. Okay, that's called luck, probably. Did you do it intentionally or didn't you? Okay, point number two or question number two. What was your gross and net income? Is it on track ahead or behind of what you wanted this year? Why or why not? And I know that there's at least a few people listening who are not clear on gross versus net. Gross is what you got in the check, okay? That's what was paid. The net is what you were left with after your expenses. That includes your broker split, your marketing, advertising signs, lockboxes, home brochures. Maybe you have an assistant. You paid a transaction coordinator. What's your net? Maybe your check was $10,000, but your net was only $3,500 because you're spending so much money per deal. Many of you don't know the answer to that question. So we've got to look at gross versus net, and don't forget your taxes. Uh, and then is that on track ahead or behind of what you wanted? Now, some of you get stuck there because you didn't have a business plan at the beginning of this year, and you don't know what you expected. You're just kind of seeing how things go. That's not running a business. That's being a hobbyist. And for probably a handful of you listening, that's okay because you're just dabbling in real estate. But if you are doing this for a living or you claim you are, you've got to take it more seriously and not guess at this stuff. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? I'm going through this kind nope. of fast. Okay. I've just, I mean, every time you and I pre presented this live um, in front of a, a live group, it's, I'm just, honestly, what I'm thinking is all the faces from all the audiences we've been in front of, and I always, you know, at 100 people, you know, doesn't matter, it's always like 10 or 15 in the room that are locked in, taking notes, really paying attention, and here we, we present on a slow day on our podcast in front of seven or 8,000, and on a really good day, it's between 25 and 30,000, listen and stream and download our podcast. I'm wondering if those ratios still take carry through. That's what I was thinking. Like I'm mm -hmm. wondering if the same 10% or 15% are actually paying attention, and I'm thinking, well, how does that equate? If there's 10,000 listening, that's a lot of people right now that are listening to what you're saying and really, really appreciating it. And for the rest of you, you've got to ask yourself, why the hell aren't you doing what the 10% are doing? 
Seriously, because a conversation about money makes you nervous. You don't like it because the fact is, is numbers don't lie, do they? So when you're looking at your gross versus net, on the other side of that then becomes having to really think about what you are doing with your time in the last 12 months. You've got to have that conversation. You've got to force yourself to be uncomfortable. That way you can make more strategic, profit-minded, you know, being-of-service-minded thoughts and movements and actions in 2020. Don't roll into the new year making the same mistakes. Focus on becoming the best version of yourself as a listing agent. That's what our coaching program is primarily about. Julie? That's right. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I oftentimes say don't hide out from your money. Just because it makes you uncomfortable to face the reality of what you made on the top line and what you ended up with, some of you guys made a ton of money last year, but you don't have as much to show for it as you planned. What caused that? Don't just go recreate it next year. Figure out what's up with that. Okay, This is one of the reasons people hire coaches, because we make you do that. You can't hide out for so long. So next question, number three, how many transactions or sides did you close? How many were buyers versus listings? That will tell you real quick if you're a listing agent or not. Some of you guys are like 90% buyers, and the only listings you take are if the buyer you sold two years ago wants to list with you. So how many deals and what is your mixture? Most top producers are somewhere between 50-50 and then shift heavily towards listings. And then there's many ways to deal with buyers, but that's a different podcast. Okay. So how many deals did you close, buyers versus listings? Number four, what was your average sale price? And related to that, is what was your average list-to-sell price ratio? The list-to-sell price ratio is the difference between what you listed it for and what it sold at. That's an insight into your pricing ability and somewhat into what your market's doing for some of you guys where it's shifted on you. But let's start with what your personal average sale price is. A lot of people want to raise their average sale price. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say I want to lower my average sale price. But how does it compare to what's happening in your marketplace? There's a lot of discussion we can do about that, but you need to at least know what it was. And then related to that is question number five, what is your average commission? What is the average percent you're charging? Is that the rate that's typical in your market, or are you lower because you're weak at objection handling? Be honest about that. That's another one of those tough questions. So some markets really are averaging around 5%, but if your personal average is 4 why is that when the rest of the market's able to achieve five or six or better than that? Point number six, what goals did you accomplish? And I'll bring you back to the goals in five areas of life, which is right out of the treasure map, family, financial, physical, spiritual, and educational. What did you accomplish? And I often will ask, how is it that that goal got accomplished? What caused that? If you're somebody who's listening and you finally, finally have a year of financial reserves, how did you do it? And what are you doing about it next year? Because you've obviously figured out a skill to get you there. Is that because you doubled your listing inventory and you were able to finally save? Is it because you stopped cutting your commission and you actually did the same number of deals but made more money? What's going on with that? So what were the goals that you did accomplish and how did you do it? As coaches, will, we will look at this and say, what are you already doing right that we can get you to do more of? That's easier to get you to do generally than to change course completely. Uh, then number seven, are you running a profitable operation? Are you running a nonprofit? 
and how do you know? You know, we've done entire podcasts about financial responsibility, how to become wealthy and keep your money. Are you actually running a profitable operation? There's probably a few people listening that are actually negative. They might not know it yet. But what's going on with your profit? Anything you want to add hey, to this so far, Tim? Yeah, right. You pulled me in right at the right time. So if you're a broker and you're listening right now, I'm gonna. This is this. You're gonna hate what I'm about to say, but it's true. If you're having to sell real estate personally to support your brokerage, you are running an unprofitable business. It's dumb. Stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Fact. Okay. Because that means if you get laryngitis or if you want to go on vacation or well, you already know what I'm saying. Everything is dependent on you. If you are running an un, if you are having to sell as a broker, you do not have a business. You have an adult daycare, so you need to seriously think about what your options are because you do not want to be carrying that liability in the market that we're going into. Please listen to me about that. Do it now. Take actions now. If you guys want to have a conversation with me about that, if you're a broker, if you want to know how to essentially, I mean, frankly. I did an interview, what, two, three weeks ago where I was talking to this gal, and she was one of the top brokers uh, in her particular market. She had, she had a luxury agent or luxury brokerage, 100 agents, beautiful location, and some beautiful old Victorian mansion, the whole thing. And she was really transparent about how she was not making any money and how she said all of her net worth, basically, and this I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing she's in her 60s. She said all of her net worth she built after she got rid of her brokerage because then she went back and started focusing on, guess what, being a listing agent. So if you are a broker and you're finding yourself becoming broker, pun intended, let's have a conversation. Text me at 512-758-0206, and I'll tell you what we've helped other brokers do so you can have a graceful exit out of an unproductive business. Um, and frankly, you know, I think what you're going to realize is that it's something you should have done a lot a longer uh, years maybe ago and um yeah it's not as hard as you think so text me at 512-758-0206 next point julie yes and this will be it before i have to run over to premier coaching and take care of all those great clients all right so we've got the next is what goals did you accomplish we talked about that are you profitable point number eight what did you do really well this year and don't just start out by – it's like when you ask what is the best thing that happened since we last spoke on a coaching call, and, and mm-hmm. certain people will just go right to the negative. Well, that's not the question, right? What is the best thing that you did? What did you do really well? Some of you guys are really good at beating yourselves up on what didn't happen. We want to start with what you did really well. Maybe that was something as simple as finally just answering your phone instead of sending everybody to voicemail all the time. You'd be amazed at the impact that just that simple action makes on your business. Just answer the phone. It's okay, unless you're in a listing appointment, obviously. Okay? Maybe it was you're really super great at following up on your leads the same day. For the first year ever, you took that seriously. And as a result, not unusual to have at least a 30% increase when you actually do your lead follow-up correctly. What did you do really well this year? Maybe it's more on the personal side and you had a date night with your spouse every Friday because that was your commitment at the beginning of the year. What did you do really well? There's probably a long list, but you have to concentrate on that. You have to write it down. You have to really be introspective. From a coach's perspective, again, the reason we ask this is these are skills you already have in place that we have to make sure you don't slip on. And, Tim, you've talked about a lot of examples before where agents get really successful. They build their listing inventory. 
and then they'll slip on something like they'll stop pre-qualifying just like out of the blue they don't even realize they stopped using the pre-qual script so that gets to the next question what didn't you do well this year and why and i'm going to leave you with that so i can log on to my premier call Back these are you. all questions yes and um thank you julie these are all questions that are answered or that you work through on your real estate treasure map um and yeah, this is the introspective uh, aspects of what we ask you to do as far as the real estate treasure map. This is the part where you're going to have to really dig deep into what you're thinking, why you're thinking, what you're thinking, what you can do to improve on where you maybe fell short. And that's the next point Julie wrote down. What didn't you do the, uh, well this year? Um, so the it is funny too. Julie's absolutely right. People don't go to giving themselves credit fast enough. And when you just basically focus on the negative, then you're not ever going to enjoy what you've accomplished. And it's important that you, especially this time of year, you acknowledge what you've done well. Um, and a lot of you, it's those little micro things like what Julie just said. But I had coaching calls, two coaching calls today. Uh, one, the guy saved $100,000 in cash, the most he's ever saved in his life. The other was the guy basically became the number one agent in the entire in his entire state. And the, the, both of those were very important milestones for these guys uh, because of the fact that, you know, frankly, Julie and I have been coaching both of them for, I think, the first one, or the, see, the first one maybe for probably both of them four to five, maybe six years each. And in my notes for the first one, his goal was to start saving money on a regular basis. And he's really hitting it, hitting it out of the park, and he's probably going to save, you know, essentially increase his net worth next year by three to five hundred thousand dollars in new money, not just from asset appreciation. And the second one, it was really cool because essentially five years ago he was selling, you know, really no resale homes, and this year he's essentially in the ending the year as being the, literally the number one agent in his state. I think those are pretty amazing things. But it took time. It took the accumulation of all those little, the accomplishment of all those little micro goals, like Julie was mentioning, before he saw the real payoff of the big ones. Now, what you didn't do well this year, that's going to be something you're going to have to really allow yourself to uh, be honest about. Because some of you have got your heads totally screwed on crooked about what it is you're supposed to be doing in real estate to begin with. So if your mind is going to, I didn't get my branding or my website or my social networking or I didn't get my team, I didn't get it, it, it those are not things that should make this list. Because Julie and I are having a real business conversation with you about being of service to other people and making a profit. We're not having those dippity-do conversations or the feel-good conversations or the shiny object conversations with you. Those are for other people. You guys want that goofiness? You can find it everywhere. For us, it's going to be always focusing on helping you guys accumulate money, profit, and with that you can invest it in, in such ways you can make passive income, which is the very definition of being rich. And point number 10, what are your 2019 goals? And there are five categories, as Julie said, family, financial, physical, spiritual, and educational. Now, here's the thing that's about a goal, and I mentioned this before, and it's really important. It's easy to write down – I'll tell you guys, this is an interesting story. So – on our Facebook feed, uh, we do use Facebook to keep in contact with friends and whatnot, of course. But on our Facebook feed, there, we get the feed from our old Orange Theory back in Georgetown, Texas. And I was scanning through this morning, um, and I, was, I saw a picture that they just posted of some, you know, a group of probably 20 people. Now, we only moved from Georgetown, Texas less than six months ago. And we were at that Orange Theory when the Orange Theory, that one in particular, when it opened probably two and a half years ago or something like that. I did not recognize a single person in that picture, not even the coaches. So here's, so what's your takeaway from that? In a very short period of time, 
effectively all the people that we knew that went to that Orange Theory stopped going. Now, maybe some of them moved, and they're going to other Orange Theories. There's that. But probably, most likely, what happened was most of them just quit going. They just got out of habit. They didn't keep up with trying to get in good shape and stay in good shape the normal cycles that most people follow. Now, what happens is they reignite in January. This is the year I'm going to do it. And then statistically, in gyms in particular, people stop going around April or May or somewhere in there. Isn't that interesting? Is that the cycle you're following? How many other aspects of your life and those five categories of life are you also following those same patterns with? You know, how many different, how many of you have, we are business coaches, so we like to focus on the money stuff first, right? So how many of you had set financial goals and do it every single year, but you never quite accomplish it? And here's why. A goal is a dream with an action plan. So what you do is you write down the goal. I want to save $100,000, but you create no action plan around that goal. And so it doesn't happen. This is the reason you have to complete your real estate treasure map, because it's going to more or less force you to go through the mental and emotional uh, experience of not just writing down a goal, but really kind of understanding why that goal is important to you. Because if it's not important to you, then don't even have it on your list. And then you're going to create an action plan behind accomplishing of that goal. These are really, really critically important things. This is the secret sauce that all of you guys are looking for. It's not just having goals and making dream boards and all that feel-good stuff. It's actually having an action plan behind the goals. And I'm going to give you guys another little tip here. There's no such thing as balance in life. That's a myth. Um, it's an insidious myth at that because it burns a lot of people out and their excuses they don't have balance. Don't try to pursue balance. Try to pursue excellence, and there's a difference. So in the five categories of life, let's just say, and I'm going to read these back to you guys again so you can get the concept of what I'm trying to help you with, is family, financial, physical, spiritual, and educational. At different times of your life, different goal categories are going to be more important to you than others. So maybe when you're – well, this is a typical pattern in Western civilization, right? When you're younger, you focus on education, and maybe you're not focusing at all on spiritual, just for example, or certainly not financial. I mean when you're a kid, you're not worrying about money, right? You're supposed to be focusing on you know, education. So as you get older – then you basically start moving away from, say, education, which you shouldn't ever, by the way. One of the consistent themes of everyone who's ever accomplished anything meaningful in life is they never move away from always learning. But let's just say the pattern that you follow is the same one everyone else follows, that once you reach a certain age, you stop reading books. There's all kinds of different statistics out there that essentially say exactly what I said. Most people never read a book, like none, as soon as they're done with college, if they go to college at all. And there's another interesting statistic that says like 95% of all books that are purchased never get read. Isn't that a, don't you guys think that's shocking, honestly, when you think about that? You know, what are your bookshelves worth, all those real estate books that you bought? What are they worth what, if you had actually read them? But here's the moral of the story. It's okay to be putting all of your best efforts next year on just, say, for example, financial and physical. It's okay to be putting all your best efforts on you know, that, those two things, knowing the other things will be neglected or not be as uh, omnipresent and important in your life. And I encourage you to do so because if you focused all your best energies next year on essentially really becoming financially sound and getting your body in good shape, all your other aspects of your life are going to improve. That's just the way it works. Now, here's the, here's the rule for this. When you are having that kind of focus, if you're going to decide to truly drill down, again, and you have a family, it's important that you get their buy-in. Do not just be somebody who's going to re listen to the podcast, do the real estate treasure map, 
you know, really drill down and say, I'm going to start going to Orange Theory or start going to the gym for five hours a day, and then I'm going to work the rest of the time, and everyone else be damned. Don't operate like that. You've got to go to them. In, in the, you know, for example, if I were coaching you, and let's say you had three little kids, what I'd say to you, in a wife or a husband, and I, here's what I'd suggest. Let's set up your financial goals. Let's go through your real estate treasure map. Let's actually take this serious and make business a business plan. And then let's set goals that are goals for the family. And, yes, you can have some self, selfish goals too, but maybe the goal is not going to Disney World. And here's I've done this a million times. <laughs> I've never had it not work. Steal this idea from me, guys. Have it, for example, that you know, mommy or daddy has to have you know, five or ten or fifteen listings at all times and has to uh, save a certain amount of money every month, you know, real specific drill-down rules. And after six months, when mommy or daddy or 12 months or whatever have accomplished those specific goals, then the family goes to Disney World or wherever your you know, age-appropriate you know, vacation place would be or whatever it is you want to do. Those types of ways, because then what happens is you post this on the refrigerator. So maybe your, maybe your goal is to take 30 listings in 2020. Well, go put up like a you know, way of keeping track on a piece of paper that goes on the refrigerator, and then every time you know you take a listing, you get to essentially you know knock one off the you know, whatever. You guys get the point? Like hit Jerry Lewis telephone. Those of you who remember that big uh, thermometer that he used to do, and every time there was money that was donated, to the thermometer would get you know more and more full. That's a great way to do it. It's a visual, you know. It's reinforcing accomplishments of goals. You could do something similar for losing weight or maybe you want to gain muscle or whatever, whatever. You guys get the point. But getting everyone in your family to buy into the accomplishment and the forward pursuit of goals, you're being uh, – not only are you obviously you know, improving yourself, but you're also being a great example in your family how to essentially – the importance of not just having a goal but the importance of having external accountability because nothing is going to drive you forward more than a bunch of nagging little kids uh, all over you when you're not actually doing what you said you were going to do so they can go to Disney World, right? I mean that is a higher level of accountability than you're going to get even in Bud's uh, SEAL training. You guys understanding what I'm saying here? So take these things seriously and just really be, run everything through a filter that you're doing now and that you're even considering doing, run them through a filter of making profit. And if you cannot find a clear, you know, direct path, not in the future it will pay off or maybe one day or no, no, no. Don't do any crap like that. If there's not a direct correlation between what it is that you're thinking about doing and the profit that you'll make, don't do it. And here's what you're quickly going to discover. Virtually everything that you're thinking about doing does not and will not and cannot have a clear line between effort and results. It won't work because they're gimmicks. They're pretty shiny objects that you guys are attracted to because you can rationalize that they're going to make you money. And you also, and here's the real punchline of all this, it does not require any skill and it does not require any rejection. Those are the things that these – if you want to know if something is a gimmick or not – Look to see how much skill they say it takes for you to implement the idea, and then look to see how much they emphasize the fact that you're not going to be experiencing any rejection. When you see those two, two things come together in a marketing ploy to try to get you to essentially buy some product, you have to instantly know it's a lie. You have to instantly know it's BS because all they're trying to do is manipulate you out of your own weakness. Does that make sense? It's true. <laughs> So, guys, listen, down your, download your real estate treasure map, text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996, 
In the meantime, you all have a fantastic day. Please download the uh, treasure map as we're going to be talking about that more over the next few weeks. And it would be great if you guys were all working with us in tandem to get it done. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We will talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.